Hello, welcome to the 10th episode of In A Good Way Podcast. I'm Pratik, and I'm here with my co-host, Jacob, and today we have two very special guests. We have Gregory, and we also have Nikolai, and these are two of our most dedicated supporters, and we're really proud, and um, thank you guys for being here and taking your time out of your busy schedule. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very, thank you very much. And um, kind of jumping on to our topics, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter, but we will have an extended Q&A session and a special for Valentine's Day. Yeah. So our first topic is going to be the global significance of memes, um, a topic which Gregory is an expert in. So Gregory, yeah, of course. I would like to ask you the first question on this topic, which is, how do you, how has memes really impacted your, uh, the culture in modern day society, in your opinion, and your personal life? Well, I mean, I am definitely a meme expert, and so I think, I think, speaking seriously, because I know memes are a very, you know, comedic topic, and, and of course they are funny that is their primary purpose but i think that we need to start analyzing memes as just another legitimate form of uh political and cultural and sociological discussion just in the same way that you would analyze film or music for its cultural and and political significance i think memes have become so uh so transcendent throughout cultures and have become so emblematic of youth across the world they're a very important political tool so like you could point to let, let, let's start let's start at a small scale let's start personally right so we've all and by we I mean you know kids who have grown up in middle class America have probably known and looked actively at memes for a, at least a decade five to six years close to a closer to a decade so and and this is significant because not only have they garnered like individual enjoyment from each individual meme the sort of set of all memes has created a significant cultural force across the lives of many people. So I think, like, both both me and Nikolai would concur when we say that, like, politics today, and, and culture too, is largely impacted by memes in the sense that when you don't have time to listen to, like, an hour-long discussion on a, a, a or... or Read a well, like, you paper. don't even want to. Yeah, and, and you also don't want to because, like, who wants to listen to a? Do you think... to read an academic paper? Those are boring, right? But memes are funny, succinct, and they get the message across. Would you agree that memes um, oversimplify kind of the societal issues? And do you think that's a bad or a good thing? I don't think they oversimplify. I just think they simplify. It, and it I, depends. It depends. I think they just create sort of they they they, they, they create archetypical representation. I don't think memes like influence that much. Like I think people make up their mind about whatever policy they support, and then the memes are just in support or against whatever. But policy I also they think support. I also think it's more that I think it's like more of a positive feedback loop. So like you'll Kinda, you'll, yeah. you'll form like a rudimentary opinion. And then you'll see a, a meme of it that makes you chuckle, and then that will, uh, like, more instantiate your opinion in, in your own mind. And right. It sort of goes like that, and right. like in a, a never-ending spiral. But I, th- th- that's not to say that I'm criticizing memes, because I think that memes are more valuable in their abil- in their ability to communicate ideas faster. So, like, why did the like, for example, let's 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 go back all the way to like World War II. Like, why did America produce propaganda posters? Why not propaganda lectures or propaganda essays? Well, because you're not going to sit and listen to a lecture. You're not going to sit and read an essay. It's so much quicker to look at a visual representation of an ideal. And that's what 
memes to a large degree are. And that ideal can be like postmodern critique of society, or it can be like satirization of commonly accepted beliefs. But either way, memes are just like archetypical representations visually of more complex and ideas. Nikolai, here's my question to you. So, sure. um, sure. I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, the whole meme situation about World War Three and um, uh, of course, the entire of jokes course. about that. Yeah. So my question is, do you believe that those memes were, because I know there was a debate about whether those are actually funny or whether they, you know, instigate um, mass public hysteria. Yeah, like a cry for help. Yeah, exactly. Do you think they kind of, symbol, uh, they kind of, like, for example, also, like, look at mental health. There are a lot of memes about mental health, especially on Twitter. Um, do you think those a accurately portray you know, the, the struggles of mental health, or do you think they make light of the situation? Um, honestly, for me personally, I, I would rather err on the side of, um, if it's a joke, uh, even if you don't personally find it funny, if, you know, there are people going to find it funny, so, like, leave it up. I don't, I'm, I'm very much against the sort of, it's kind of a boomer mentality to be like, young man, that's not funny. Right, you, and you shouldn't say that. Yeah, you shouldn't say that. That's you'll find this in a lot of like old, uh, old movies, right? Even because even even like memes are in a lot of ways like the new rock and roll. Because uh, you'll find in old movies how you know the the men in the in the, in the suits would say to the young kid with the skateboard, "A young man, you shouldn't listen to that music," right? And it's and it's sort of the same same thing nowadays with um, with memes. Yeah, it, memes are the new counterculture. So. Um, Jacob's shaking his head. Do you have any opinion no, on this? No, no, I agree with you. It's about something else. I, I think memes are also really useful to diffuse tensions and things. I think a really good example of this that I found from a few years ago is there's a musician I really like named Father John Misty, and his last album was accidentally uploaded to iTunes oops, ah, for about oops, for a little bit in New Zealand before the title art or anything was even announced. Ah, so... What he did is he took the album cover, which was already him basically looking down kind of sadly, and memed it with, when your album links a month early, and made that his profile picture on everything. Ah, see? Yeah. So I thought that was a really good way to use memes to both advertise the album and recover from an early leak or anything yeah. like that. Because I think, I think what a lot of older people, and I don't want to like... Not just older people, but I think I think what a lot of people who don't understand memes is, uh, who don't understand meme memes interpret memes as just like another joke. When instead you should actually be like interpreting them as another medium. So for example, in the 1930s and in the 1920s, when film was being pioneered, like film is radically different from a book, right. obviously, yeah. right? Uh, you cannot compare the two in the same way that you cannot compare the memes of today to any other form of media. Yeah, They're just a completely yeah. whole new medium of expression. One that's made possible by the internet because it's just completely impractical to reprint the same image like physically hundreds of millions of times. And not only that, but you can't edit memes when they're just on paper as you could when they're on the internet. That's why you see memes like rapidly evolve and create new variations. Also, memes, like for example, if you look at um, like Twitter, yeah. they're meme formats. They're not necessarily have to be like images. They can be, um, you know, for for example, like formats of a lot of them. Yeah, them. a lot of them are like text. The joke itself is text-based and then like the background is an image. Like exactly. the setup is an image and the punchline is text. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the um, images are commonly used yeah. to convey so, so many different points. But I think, yeah. the, I think the point goes back to regardless of what format it is, I do think that memes have a significant global significance in um, 
significant global significance. I know, I like that. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah. as opposed to an insignificant. And also, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's totally like a generational thing. Like there are definitely young people that just don't get it, and there's well, some, there's some like older people. Yeah. Like um, I think I think an example is Mr. Sklar, right? Yeah. Who um, like you know, he's he's pretty hip. He's pretty down with the culture. Yeah. Hip guy. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that, Mr. Sklar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so yeah. No, but even even there are even politicians. Let's not name any names, of course. But there are politicians across the world, across the political spectrum, across the political spectrum as well, left, right, center, up, down, uh, that that have really like understood the viral capacity of memes because, uh, like, a meme carries within it much more than just the joke itself. So, to use like a a, a rudimentary political example and and this is mm-hmm. purely for educational purposes is not communicate not, like endorsement. Any, not, not endorsement or an or or opposition but when trump for example called hillary crooked hillary right. right that's not just another nickname because what he meant by calling her crooked hillary was not just that she was crooked but that the entire political establishment that she represented and i mean she did represent the political establishment her husband was the president right was crooked in its nature. So that's almost a mimetic representation of a political opponent. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, think if you I, look at the Trump administration, sorry to interrupt you, right, quiet, but yeah. um, the Trump administration, and especially in the election campaign, they carried out that out through uh, their election campaign, like with the memes and everything. Yeah, I mean, um, the MAGA. guy posted the, the WWE that, clips on his Twitter, right? The, like, the, yeah, the effective use of memes has been like, okay, Obama was really good at using the internet. Like, he was the first president on Twitter, that sort of thing. Trump was really good at using the internet in 2016. And, like, even now, uh, look at look at somebody like Andrew Yang, who um, who's outlasted, like, senators and governors and, um, you know, a bunch of people that everybody assumed, you know, should, should you know, actually be the president. And, and are more qualified than yeah, him and are more paper, qualified, right? And he's, and he's like, like, some business guy. And because the internet is behind him, because he's got this mimetic quality, he's been able to – he's on there with, uh, with Joe Biden now. Yeah. But yeah. here's my question. Well, I think – Sorry, I think uh, at their base, memes are a simplification of what people see that's humorous. I think anything can be kind of like a meme without that, even that, being that's a, a meme. That's a, that's a really good point because so the the word meme was first created Dawkins, right? by Richard Dawkins, yeah. yes. And he essentially like sort of created it as a... Uh, like, he, he based it off of the idea of viral reproduction. Like, it, a meme is just an idea that transports itself like a virus. And and that's not necessarily saying that, like, memes are diseases or, or they're bad. They essentially just replicate very, very quickly. And they mutate very, very quickly. And so, it's an idea like... Like, for example, quantum physics can never be a meme. It's an idea, but it can't be a meme because it's just so monumentally complex. The the, the full like knowledge of quantum physics can be like you yeah. can make memes about quantum about physics, quantum or physics. jokes. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but but the field of quantum physics itself like, yeah. cannot be a meme. It's just too complicated. To However, a simple political message or a simple cultural message or even like you brought brought up with like Twitter and mental health and memes about that like. The, 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 our generation sort of struggle for identity very much can be summed up in meme form. And I think just to provide some context on the history of memes, it was uh, dates back to Richard Dawkins' 1976 yeah, book, the Selfish, the, gene, yeah. the Selfish Gene. Um, and it's a word derived from the Greek, which basically means that which is intimidated, uh, intim- imitated. And then, yes. but to, to, to relate it back to yeah, the earlier yeah. topic of um, like global significance, um, like. Memes also are very good at transcending, like, language and cultural divides. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at, um, like, if you look at a group chat from, like, Iran, which, you know, 
Let's just say there, there, there are ways to do that. Um, they will be. It's all going to be in Farsi, but they're still going to be the same sort of. Yeah. Me, like sometimes well, you can even get the joke. And that's actually really that's a really good point because, uh, uh, like the classic sort of image reaction meme, uh, yeah. is just an imagistic representation of emotion at like at, 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 at its core its, level at its base. Yeah. So for example, like there's a classic Drake reaction meme, right? Well, that, oh, that, yeah. that, that's to yeah. sort of represent confusion. It's not to represent Drake the artist. Anyone could be that yeah. face. It's a universal face. And there's actually studies that show that. Like facial expressions are universalizing across culture, mm-hmm. so you could take someone from like an undiscovered tribe in the Philippines, and you could take someone from like New the York. middle of Manhattan, yeah. and they would make the same like the, the same muscle movements would would activate when they were expressing like the, the five basic emotions like disgust, anger, happiness. So it, 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 it's interesting because memes have actually sort of connected our like emotional like I guess being across the entire globe, which is. I just think an interesting and memes. I, I don't know if this is just memes or just humor in general, but it's always like it works better when it's anti-establishment. Um, well, yeah, because in general, like, what did Orwell say? In every joke, there's a tiny revolution. So Ooh, I think that's a good. That's a, that sounds like Orwell. Like, yeah. he, he would definitely say something. Like okay, that. you know what? Don't criticize Orwell. Orwell is a genius, but uh, like, what do you? Okay, you know, Nicholas, we can have this conversation off mic. But, Perhaps. <laughs> but what he meant by that is. The joke, every every joke has to challenge a presupposed truth. And every presupposed truth is inherently part of the establishment, as Nikolai said. Yeah. And, like, you know, the whole point, the, what makes a joke funny is, you know, I know it's kind of cliche, but subverting your expectations. Yeah, it's surprise. Yeah. It's fundamentally surprise. That's why anti-jokes have their own market, too. Well, yeah, right, because, because, because you expect the joke. Yeah. joke. Because now, so, yeah. because you're so conditioned to expect jokes to subvert and this is, this is, expectation um, that when it does, like, it's funny. Uh, post, what is this? Like, J-Rag did a video on this. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's funny. Um... Like post postmodernism, basically. Yeah, but it's not modernism. It's like, like post, uh, no post post satire. Yeah, it's okay, like it's yeah. like post ironic yeah. satire. Yeah, post irony and meta irony, right? So like like being ironic, you know, originally meant like oh I'm saying the opposite of what <laughs> I'm doing. It's like you know, but then but Nikolai post irony is like do I'm, you remember the different types of irony from? Miss Holloway's junior year English class. Ah, I don't think we've gotten that for you. I don't think we've done that unit yet. And if we have, Miss Holloway, I'm very sorry. Uh, I might have forgotten. So what is, is post irony? Uh, so post irony is the idea that so uh, you have like classic irony, which is like you're saying the opposite of what you're doing, and that's what makes it funny. Yeah. But um, post irony is the idea that you're saying exactly what you believe or what you're doing, but since people expect irony, it's like yeah. It's it's contrasting. Mm-hmm. So like, um, it's sort of like, oh doing, man, I sure hope Trump wins, but you actually hope Trump wins. Or like, so, or like, oh man, I sure do love going to a nine to five job and supporting my family. But then you do actually like that because it's yeah. good for society. <laughs> okay, and you well, get to have a family. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or something like, oh man, I sure love turning in my homework in on time. And but the, you, like, you, you, do you, like, you do actually like that. But That's getting back point. to global significance, we talked a lot about you know the actual impact it has had on various cultures and um, the history of it. But I have to ask you guys, what do you think are the limitations? I mean, for example, like look at Andrew Yang. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, his pl- political platform is largely based on social media. But at the same time, in, in, if you look at the Iowa caucus, he's not winning. Right? Well, the limitation is that like it, it just it you, it spreads very thin. Yeah, because because. The problem with with memes is that when they're like when they're sort of reverberating within a really small in group, the, the the sort of 
simple representational value of the meme is underscored by the assumed knowledge that everyone else in the in Yeah, well, I think, I think part of this is the internet, right? So, like, Yang is a good example. Um, he's got, like, 2 to 5% across the entire country. Um, but, um, but it's spread, it's spread thinly because, um, yeah. the internet is not, like, a geographic area. It's, it's, it's like Well, a, it's, 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 it's actually, like, an intro, like, like, it's, it's actually a, almost a world above our own. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's own thing. You can't, there's no geographical ties on the internet. Like, for so, example. So, if you're very popular on the internet, it doesn't mean that, like, you would be the governor yeah. of the state yeah. or the president of the state. So, if you take classic, yeah. if you take classical candidates, like, for example, a, a candidate like Joe Biden is hugely popular in, like, northeastern states. Yeah. But he has virtually no support in California. It's simply uh-huh. because candidates like Elizabeth Warren would suck up more support from, uh, or, yeah. or progressive candidates in general, and and that's actually valuable because then you have a base. Yeah, it's less valuable to be like Andrew Yang, for example, because he has like he has millions. He has of a people core. That he has a core. Him. Yeah, but, the but problem it's is that they're, they're 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 not actually. Mature that, that's to... one thing I'm concerned about, especially like since social media has such a short, um, you know, like attention span. Yeah, lifespan. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of true. I don't think memes have that. Established cultural or like yeah. where they can establish. They're almost yeah. like like seasoning. Exactly. Because if someone served you a plate of salt, you'd be pretty upset with them. But if someone didn't sprinkle salt on their food, you would also be pretty upset with them. You need to have them for a modern political, cultural, even personal, like interaction. Mm-hmm. But th- that can't be the only thing. Like there can't be nothing behind them. And, and bring this back to to Jacob's favorite topic. I think the same kind of applies in music. Right, so if you yeah. have a if you have an artist who has a like a big mimetic following, that can um, for example, that can, oh, like yeah. Kanye is an artist that has huge yeah. meme value. Like Kanye has objectively done many things that have been memed. They're funny, yeah. They're funny, and and that's actually valuable for Kanye because Kanye's support comes so much from the internet, and and also like modern music in general. So. Like, and yeah, since we are well, already talking I mean, about music, yeah. so um, I think actually uh, one of the perfect examples for what you're talking about is Rivers Cuomo, who's the mm-hmm. lead singer of the band Weezer. Oh, I think. Oh yeah, I follow oh, yeah. his Instagram, or he used to post more. He literally just posts memes of himself and his band. That's look at Little Nas X. I mean, basically, uh, yeah. most of what he actually does is a meme. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's that's very valuable for. Online personalities. Someone, I think it was particularly just brought up Lil Nas X, and like Lil Nas is now a multi-millionaire. Like the yeah, dude's worth right. like twenty million dollars or something crazy. Well, right? and you know, you know why? It was TikTok. Yeah, no, it was. It was just. A, it was just a, like a five-month period where he was the most popular meme on the planet. Like yeah. that, 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 that's that's the reason he's now. And it's, it's absolutely like If you look at if you look at um, I think both the music the music industry like Spotify and TikTok feed each other so if you have a if you have a song or a sound that's blowing up on on tiktok because they make funny videos like five yeah. seconds if for people people, people will then, yeah. will then yeah, externally go and listen to the entire song and that makes the song more popular and, and way, which makes it more used on consciously did that like he yeah. purposefully tried to get a song well, to blow up on tiktok first yeah, yeah. and yeah. so it, it, i just think in general the the, the viral it's, it's value of it's memes exists across all fields like, because memes are just so intrinsically appealing to humans, they're funny, they're clever, they give you access to an in-group, they let you have sort of, like, secret knowledge that kind the of, yeah. loser sitting Inside next jokes. to you doesn't have. Yeah. It's that, it's the title and the feeling of exclusivity. Um, yeah. It's, it's more than just a joke. Because a joke is, like, 
it, it's only it's a broader. part of what the meme is. Yeah. Like a stand-up comedian doesn't tell memes; he tells jokes. It's story. Yeah. It's storytelling. But yeah. the thing with social media is, since it does have such a short attention span and such a short lifespan, like you said before, you need to have memes that are such a short um that are such like short attention span and like oh yeah you know for example like look at memes right they tell a story but in such a succinct succinct way yeah that but you know they, shot size yeah they can yeah, yeah, i mean but it is part of a grand narrative like that that, that that i think that's that's sort of where the value of memes comes from is that they're they're not just independent of each other and out, like more than any individual joke is like I could tell you a one-liner right now and you could laugh maybe maybe for like I don't know like I'm like 20 seconds and you'll never and you'll forget about it for the rest of your life right but there are memes that have huge cultural value like sort of and, and there are m- uh, uh, memes of the certain frog variety for example are incredibly controversial yeah but yeah. but even more than that like like there are there are memes that you know, transcend like time. Like for example, the Doge meme. Has, but, yeah, for, for the listeners, for the listeners, uh, the reason nobody else was talking is because we were all keeled over uh, from laughter, and yeah. uh, we could not recover ourselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> there, was no, there was no that's, ice today. Though. That's behind yeah. the scenes information, Nicholas. Yeah. There, there was no ice today. Yeah. But so, since we are on the topic yeah. of music, music, um, this is a good, tra- perfect transition into is our uh, absurd references segment where we just ask. Yeah, we're actually going to skip around this. Switch yeah. some ordering. Yeah. What is your favorite musician and why? Well, the, ad, the the correct answer is Lil Uzi Vert. Obviously, um, I do. I do think appreciate. About, think some about of this. Music. I appreciate think, it. Think about this. Think about this. The guy is how tall? Well, he's five foot four. Okay? <laughs> That's shorter than me. That's shorter than Jacob, and Jacob is, I mean, self admittedly, a pretty short guy. But I then, am. what does Lil Uzi do? He doesn't just sit in a chair and cry about being five <laughs> four. Instead, he accrued enough money to. So when he wear tall shoes. <laughs> so when he puts all of his money on the ground ah, and stands yes. on it, he exceeds six five. In fact, <laughs> in one true. song, and this is an unreleased song, this is a leak that I wasn't supposed to be listening to. Oh, However, he actually four. increased his height from five four to nine ten. <laughs> nine feet tall and ten inches. Think about how impressive. Simply standing that on hundred dollar bills. Yeah, that is pretty Simply standing on hundred dollar bills. Impressive. That's quite impressive. Balancing on those nine. But yeah. Here's yeah. the thing with that, okay? Like for example, the reason I guess this is no secret at all, my favorite musician is pretty obvious to everyone. Let's say it together. Kanye, Kanye West. West. <laughs> yeah, um, Kanye is uh, clearly the greatest artist of and no, the um, reason I like Kanye is this is millennium. Cringe. And the last millennium. But the reason I, I like it is because he's good. so diverse. When you listen to his music from the beginning to now, you can see a progression in his, not only his style as music, but also his life. Because he can do a story. Look, Kanye is pretty good. I think we could all agree on that. Well, he's yes. at least pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. However, yeah. however, I believe that Kanye's influence is more than just being a musician. Like, of course. And I, I think his music, is, his music is great. Like, for example, I think the song Power is, like, it's just amazing. Like, it's one of my yeah, favorite True. Songs. Okay. Well, he's able to use such diverse influences. Yeah. He's also a trendsetter. He, I mean, he samples yeah, he is a 70s and he's rock also, and also he's like He samples civil rights songs. Like, for example, he sampled oh, yeah. Nina Simone. Yeah. yeah. Simple, yes. But I think more than that, I think, I think his ability to sort of be a maverick in the culture, to not 
a, like ascribe to sort of the the role that people yeah, that, that the establishment has been trying to put him in his 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 willingness to like put his own personal success on the line to take a stand for what he believes in i think is genuinely more important than the music yeah and it's definitely paid off oh absolutely. i mean the guy's like a billionaire right right <laughs> no well, actually, Kanye had money problems for a long time. But. I just but, got an I mean, email from he made UNT like, Admissions. It's cool. not too late for to join us at the UNT. Not sponsored by Andy Goodway? Yeah. Um. Um, and then my personal favorite musician, although I like Kanye, it's not Kanye. What about Lil Fritique, you, you say it if you know it. Um, it's some, it's some, who, who have I brought up every time we talk about music? Oh, is it, is it uh, Bob Marley, right? No. <laughs> Bob, Bob. No, close. I got one of the names right for sure. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, it, is that a person. dude named Bob? It's definitely a guy named Bob. Bob but, Dylan. I was right. There you go, Fritique. Uh, Jacob, you. he definitely did not just type that to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bob Dylan is easily my favorite. Not necessarily because of his voice or his instrumentals, but because of his lyrics. His lyrics are poetry. Yeah. I mean, to the extent that the Nobel Prize Committee gave him the Nobel Prize in literature. Oh, yes. The, uh... I mean, I wrote a 3,600-word essay about whoa, five of his songs. Whoa, whoa, Nikolai. That was my extended I'm essay. Not, he's not Nikolai. I'm <laughs> Nikolai. Nikolai. Whoa, um, Jacob. Nikolai, you should have written your EE about Kanye. Um, I'm like writing about Afghanistan, so... Oh. <laughs> close okay. enough, close enough. Guys, let's not, let's not talk but about the... I also think it's really essay. interesting. There are a lot of interesting parallels uh, between Bob Dylan in some ways and Kanye, if you bring that up. Like, both of them have had a religious conversion and done religious albums. So I think that's really interesting. And shortly before Kanye converted, he was listening to Bob Dylan's album Blood on the Tracks and attempted to collaborate Blood on with the Dylan. Leave. No. Oh, I think track. he knows the, the Dylan name. Album. Oh, no, it's the Dylan album. No, because there's a Kanye song, song called Blood on the yeah. Leaves. Well, no, um, but he was listening to the Blood on the Tracks bootleg series, and he actually um, wanted to collaborate on a song with Bob Dylan. And Dylan said no. Um, well, Dylan just didn't respond. No, it's <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> Dylan's not the sort of guy who replies to people. He's, he's kind of hermetic Bob now. Dylan. That's not very nice. You know, a, a multi-billionaire emails you, and it's like, hey. Oh, you just put it on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> okay. Kanye yeah. just put it on Twitter Dude, with a little at sign. Honestly, I like the time when Kanye went to the White House and he wanted to show Trump something on his phone. Oh, and zero, his zero, password, zero, his zero. password was zero 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 zero. I'm sorry, well, Kanye. I mean, we have to expose when you. When you're Kanye, when you're Kanye, like why would why would you even have a password on your phone? I mean, like you are because you want to protect yourself. No, you, like you don't even care. You're like you're so rich. Let's say someone texts Kim. Losing a phone. Well, first of all, you wouldn't even lose a phone. Like, this is one of the things I read about. Um, when you're when you're like super mega rich, things cost less because no, they give them to you for free. Yeah. Like, like I, I read about this billionaire guy who just like was given a yacht simply because like he wanted to like 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 the yacht company wanted him to sponsor the yacht yeah. company or something. It's so. stupid. Like, oh my god. Um, but Nikolai, I think that's a good transition into our next um, morality discussion segment. Um. Which is, I know this is something that Greg has been looking forward to for a long time. Of course. Nationalism versus globalism. Pratik, your transitions are never good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not just this Pratik, episode. Pratik, you keep saying that this is a perfect transition. It's, just a good it's trans- not right. even a good transition. Really? It's just a good transition. Well, I guess Pratik really should be saying it's a good segue because segues have a very low bar. They were supposed to be the vehicle of the future, but did really the, nobody did used it. Did the founder of the Segway drive, like, yeah. drive a Segway off, off, off a cliff and died? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Okay. <laughs> That's Learned not to... funny, but that's... And we all laugh. Young man. <laughs> Young man, you should not say things like that. Okay, so <laughs> I think one of the big things we wanted to discuss is 
between nationalism and globalism is when does nationalism become harmful? Well, whenever whenever you start um, prioritizing your nation over like the the safety of other people, like no, definitely not after that. Way after that, no, you have to. You definitely, you definitely have to prioritize the safety of the people in your nation. Over no, the, I mean like, but I mean like, not exploitatively attack other nations. Oh, you mean at the expense of others? Yeah, like obviously, if you're the leader of a country, you probably should put your country first. That's that's pretty well accepted, but not like to the exclusion of all other nations. Because technically, like, it would be in the best interest of all countries to like seek the destruction of every other country. That's right? very much false. If we, if we're, I mean, if we're going to to sort of like the classical conception of foreign policy, yeah, but that's sort of wrong. like the like no, it, no, no, no. I mean, like we're not like like I, I, I'm just speaking from like a like a state sponsored sort of maybe, but like in in what way would it help a state to destroy another? Like wars are expensive in both. No, but like, but like, but like the the realist conception of foreign policy states that like it's a zero sum game in the sense that like yes, the pie of all resources expands as economic economic production uh, also expands, but the access to resources stays the same. Like in the sense that even if there are like say say that the, the total amount is like kind of technical foreign policy theory but like say there are like 10 resources in a given year and 10 years mm -hmm. from then the the resource pie expands to a hundred sure. okay like either way if you were getting all 10 resources or all 100 resources you were still only ever getting 100 percent of the resources like it's conceptually right. impossible to get 101 percent of all available resources yeah okay true so in that sense, since the share of access to resources never increases, the realist conception of foreign policy, and this was pioneered, like, this is actually pioneered by Otto von Bismarck, first of all, but, like, that's a while ago. And then even before that by Machiavelli, but that's also a while ago. But, okay. like, the, the modern conception of, of realist foreign policy essentially states that since you could never have access to more than 100% of resources, right. it's in your best interest to maximize the share of the pie you have access to. Mm -hmm. And simply through sheer mathematics, you can say work. that, like, a hundred and if there are 180 countries, it's harder for you to get 100% of the resources than no. there if there, than no, if there was only no, one. Because, because international well, trade, Econ 101. Yeah, but, but that's to the exclusion that, that... That's if you can perfectly and exploitatively set up international trade agreements, which you cannot. So You definitely can. But, but I think... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, if if this is the fifth, like if this is like the fifteen hundreds, and you're a colonial no, power, but like we yeah. have we have we have exploitative trade, like the Chinese have. Yeah, but it's not to a one hundred percent exclusionary metric. Like it's still you don't want it to be one hundred percent. No, no, but you do if you want. Like if if your goal as a country is to maximize resource potential, you do want it to be one hundred percent. Like that's no, that's, don't you, don't that's you, what you, I'm arguing is where nationalism don't you lose specialization due to trade? No, but if you have one percent, if you have access to one hundred percent of all available resources, like it doesn't actually matter how efficient it is. Because you still have one hundred percent. Well, no, but if you do have one hundred percent available resources, well, that, that's not nationalism. That's international. Because in order no, no, to no, control... no, but that, that 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 that's sort of the logical conclusion of nationalism. Mm -hmm. That that like well, the the yeah, most the yeah. most radical and committed nationalists not only are proud of their country but also seek to destroy other nations. That's, that's well, I think that actually goes, and that's where... where nationalism goes like way too far. Well, that's what I think the difference is. I think there's a difference between extreme nationalism and having pride in your country. Like, I think it is yeah, a good thing to I have pride in your ethnicity and your culture. 
in your country. So like, no, but, but, I have pride in being Italian, but I don't seek to get. Like, ri- I think when you start hating people outside of yes, this, yes. where there's an issue, it's, because you have to feel prideful of who yeah. you are, but not feel superior. There's a difference between that's affirming, where there's the difference. affirming your identity and denying other. Yeah, identities. like well, you can affirm your identity without denying it. But I think here's what the, the problem goal, is. Right? I think the problem is like, look at the political pendulum, right? That, for example, like, let's say that there is a nationalist tendency, right? Like, let's say any country. Oh, by the way, speaking of pendulum, please uh, attend Spikeball Club if you can. Thank you. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's round net, round net. Round Sorry, net. round Gotta net cover yourself yeah, legally. Yeah, 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 legally. Okay, keep going, Jacob. The In a Good Way podcast, for the record, does not endorse Spikeball. It just endorses round net. Yeah, very Thank different. You. Plano round Plano East Just the round. one that Andrew runs. Yes, just Andrew the one. Christmas, yes. But my question, but it still goes back to, for example... Like, once you start getting oh, these nationalism... Oh, runs it with Sean. And for us, technically, and for us. Once you start getting back to these nationalism tendencies, you start becoming more radicalized as a group and as a nation. So, I mean, where's that fine line between nationalism and, you know, and sacrifice or basically uh, invading on other peoples or other nations for... Well, well, yeah. conceptually, there isn't a difference. But, like, realistically. but realistically, I think nationalism needs to stop like in the borders of the nation and and yeah. the, the, the actual like the, the real difficult thing is discussing nationalism from a US centric perspective versus like any other country because the thing that's unique about the United States is that it actually wasn't like created on a fundamental ethnic basis like like France was created by French people America was not created by Americans. It was created yeah, by I mean, English India. people. It was created by English people, but also not. Like, it was created by, like, immigrants from all over Europe. It was created, for, it was created, you know, through, through the tragic process of slavery as well. So the thing that's unique about America is that it truly is a melting pot of ethnicities. I mean, look at this table. We have an Italian, we have an Indian person, we have a Russian, and we have a person that has, you know, Jewish heritage and Indian heritage, and, and just all over sure. So... And, and and that and that's really unique about America because they're the the, the, <coughs> ident- the American identity is not ethnic; it's cultural. Like the American identity is an adherence to the principles of liberty, uh, life, liberty, pursuit yeah, of happiness, things like that, more than it is an adherence to any ethnic group. And the same is categorically not true of nations like Germany, France, Look at Britain, India. India is a great example. India; those nations are ethnic and. Cultural. No, if you're gonna call India ethnic, you have to call America ethnic. America is not. No, no, it's not an ethnically based nation. Like our tradition is Judeo-Christian in its origins. First of all, it's not Judeo-Christian. It is just Christian. No, it is (laughs) Judeo-Christian. It's just the correct term. It's like the correct anthropological term. But either way. Our culture is Judeo-Christian based, but it's not ethnically based. Like, yes, the the the. the well, what is what is ethnicity, right? Because well, in America, in America, the ethnicity in well, there is an American ethnicity, but it's no, it's no, no, not, no. But it's no, not. What I mean, a, but it's a I mean created ethnicity, not an in Europe. Ethnicity. In Europe, you'd have you'd have um, prejudice based on uh, like, oh, you're French, so you have stereotypes about French people, uh, and like the conceptual identities, like people would identify as French in America. People identify as white or black or Native well, American. Well, no, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't think that's true. Maybe like within America, but like if a French person asks, no, if you ask an if, American what he is, he's not going to say I'm white or I'm black. He's going to say I'm American. Like the American identity is actually the most powerful ethnicity on it, earth, simply because it can subsume all of these other variant cultures and produce a relatively and hopefully coherent sort of structure of its. Of a, like a, like a dual identities like you can both practice like for example like 
don't know. Like, like my family can eat Russian food and and like watch Russian movies. And I, not my mom, obviously, because she's a like a communist, basically. But <laughs> I, uh, I can at least be like a, a, a relatively functional and quite proud American before I am anything else. And my mom's probably in that book. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole the point I think we're trying to make about nationalism versus globalism is it's so important in today's society, especially when you look at there. There is a lot of there is a shift towards nationalism in many countries. For example, look at Brazil and India has a big shift towards that as well. So I think it's really important yeah, to acknowledge that we as a society have to acknowledge that hey, nationalism is good to an extent, and it is always good to put your country first. But as long as you're not oppressing <laughs> other countries and um. And making that. Yeah. Um, the general rule is try not to, like, like kill people <laughs> if you're or, a country. You know, insult. Like, don't go to war or, like, yeah. subjugate other nations. Uh, like, so long as you can. Obviously, sometimes you have to, but, like, if you don't have to, don't do it. Yeah, um, and I think... Um, that's the general rule, I think. And I think that's where we kind of want to transition into our Q&A. Um, and once again, as we said in the beginning of the podcast, this podcast is dedicated to... Um, all those celebrating Valentine's Day and um, together or alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you're celebrating. Yeah. If you're alone. Yeah, yeah. And so all those celebrating or getting don't through let, Valentine's don't Day. Don't let the corporate invention of Valentine's Day get you down. If you're alone this Valentine's Day, <laughs> be proud. Go read a book. Or don't don't do watch a movie. Push-ups. Watch a movie. Go don't, have fun. Yeah, Enjoy watch a movie, yourself. but don't go to the theater because um, <laughs> you're definitely gonna see uh, a bunch of people there together holding so, hands. Yeah. Just don't go outside. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's our advice. Yeah, well, we're of course joking with this. Yeah, one. yeah. But uh, uh, are, we? <laughs> are we? Well, I want to give some advice. I, I specifically Nikolai, um, because we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast Kinda, about. Yeah relationships and um so kind of like what you recommend nikolai to those celebrating uh, valentine's day and any kind of words you have for them um well i don't know you know they say single friends give the best relationship advice <laughs> do not say that and as somebody that's been single for 16 years um, 17 nikolai don't i am i'm don't actually, undersell yourself i'm 16 don't sell I'm yourself 16. short man this will be my 16th no he valentine's actually was day. in a relationship when he was one that's why <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> No, I'm I'm actually 16. Of course, you guys are. Yeah, Wait, my birthday is August. Turn, when do you turn? Uh, are 17. you a 2003 baby? Yes. Okay. See the I'm making an L with my fingers. <laughs> L. Okay. Once um, again, the In a Good Way podcast does not discriminate anyone that was born after Wait, 2002. Wait, this was the L correctly. That's backwards, Greg. <laughs> no L. Yes, backwards for everyone other yeah. than you. For those of you, <laughs> I'm sorry. I look. For Do those of you unable to see the you? drama going down here, okay. basically Jacob, Jacob and Gregory okay. are arguing against each other to L. see how how to make it. I don't care if you see it backwards. You're the one taking <laughs> the L. And okay. um, sorry for sticking up for you, Nicola. So no, yeah, don't um, stick up for Nicola. Definitely. Um, I don't know, what do I usually do on Valentine's Day? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, okay, but... Cry. I no, think, you cry. I think we kind of got to go back to the uh, Madison and Jenny podcast um, and the love advice we gave there. Um, once again, that was from Jenny and Madison. Um, so approach... And Pratik. And Pratik. Pratik does not condone advice. this. But okay. basically, we want to say that, hey, um, as long... Make sure that... Um, 
whatever you guys do, make sure you're thoughtful. Make sure it's a thought that counts. Um, rather than spending a lot of money, we just recommend making sure you are aware that Don't you, you care about money. they have a lot of yeah. money to spend. Uh, We're talking to high school students. <laughs> I would also say, well, just, I mean, despite all our previous jokes, what's really important is that you're satisfied with yourself, whether or not you're in yes. a relationship. And you can't have a relationship with someone if you're not happy with yourself. <laughs> it just right. doesn't work. Yeah, make sure to take care of yourself and... Um, from the, a, the person you spend the most time with in this life is yourself. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how I'd live without myself. So, uh. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> I, I don't know if you could. No, yeah. yeah, I know Pratik could. Nikolai, in fact, no, I'm joking. you should try. I should try to live without myself. Yeah. Once again, we do not recommend living without yourself. No, no, that's <laughs> whatever, not whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know what that means. But we hope you use this uh, Valentine's Day once again if you're single. Whatever your situation is, um, yeah. just take the time. If you're not to single, find yourself. if you're not single, please send in a voice message with a detailed instructions. And don't worry if you're single. If you know, there's always next year and the year after that. And so long as you're happy with who you are as a person, everything will be all right. Yeah, just remember that Jesus loves you. So or or whoever you worship. Or whoever you worship. <laughs> or if, or you, worship. if you don't worship anyone, then well, I guess then, no, I guess one, no loves one loves you. Loves you. <laughs> maybe your mother. Yeah, your maybe, mother, maybe. Your mother probably you. loves you. Your father definitely not. But wow. but that's the kind of the message in a good way. Want uh, in a good way podcast wants. <laughs> yeah, so just be happy with yourself yeah. and guys and enjoy this Valentine's Day. If you're not with me, but still make it fun for yourself. Have yeah. a great time. Hey, girls, that if you're listening, uh, if you're <laughs> 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 you don't have a Valentine, oh, no, 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 no